this episode. Set in the Sydney Olympics in the year 2000, the world's preeminent female gymnast. There was something wrong with the bolt and falls awkwardly. Really, really angry. In a sport where you know, things are so precise and spatial awareness is so important, you know, two inches, really good indicator that your attitude has a huge impact on performance. But she won the gold on the uneven bars, mate. It's almost yeah. like we don't like a story as much unless we can sort of work out the cause and effect. How does that story sit in the uh, pantheon of, of stories that we shared? Welcome to Anecdotally Speaking, a podcast to help you build your business story repertoire. Hi, everybody. I'm Sean Callahan, And hi, everybody. I'm Mark Shank. And Sean, I'm really not sure how we're going to go today. Uh, following up uh, last week's episode with, uh, with uh, Doug Keeley uh, telling an absolutely crackerjack story. I think I gave it a nine, you gave it an eight, and Doug himself gave it a nine. So I know. I think that must be the highest uh, sort of scoring story we've ever had, right? Yeah, yeah, that could well be the new record. Yep. But yeah. we have a we have a sort of a sports performance story this time around. We do, we do, and uh, the it's set in the Sydney Olympics in the year two thousand, mm-hmm. and of course, you know, that's a very for most Australians, that's a kind of very important time. Kathy Freeman winning the uh, four hundred meters gold, etc. But this story is not about an Australian athlete. It's about uh, Svetlana Korkina, who is. Uh, who at the time was kind of the the world's preeminent female gymnast, right? And uh, she's a Russian, you know, part of the Russian team. She'd won many medals. You know, she was the favourite to take the overall uh, women's gymnastics, and also favourite on a number of the different uh, apparatuses. Yes. Um, so uh, they've done the preliminary rounds, and Korkina is she's leading comfortably, and she comes to the vault. There was something wrong with the vault, and she said to the judge, you know, to the officials, "Look, there's something wrong with this." And they just dismissed her and said, "You know, get on with it." Yes. So she got on with the routine. You know, did a routine really well. Did a dismount, and falls awkwardly. Right. So that's you know big negative points. Yeah. And she was really, really angry at that because she's got this sense that something's wrong, and she's buggered up the landing. She's furious, and it really has a huge impact on her performance in the next event, which was an hour or so later. And so she botches the next apparatus that she's on. Uh, She's still in, you know, amongst the leaders, but she's now no longer leading. But then something happened, which was that an Australian athlete came to the vault, and she said, no, there there is definitely something wrong with this. And she had the officials measure the vault. And it turns out the vault was set at the wrong height. It was two inches low. Two inches lower. Wow. And and so like in a sport where things are so precise and spatial awareness is so important, you know, two inches. And and not surprisingly, a number of the gymnasts had fallen on their dismounts. Anyway, they decided, okay, we need to fix this. So they said to, to Svetlana, Corkino, uh, hey, you can you can do it again. In fact, all the athletes could do the vault again, yeah. um, because you know that wasn't fair. Yada yada yada. But she already cocked up the subsequent apparatus, and so rather than retake her vault and continue with her opp- opportunity to win the overall, she just stormed out and said, you know, basically the huge dummy spit. Yeah, and stormed out. You know, refused to talk to reporters, angrily pushing people away. Storms out. And everyone's going, oh, well, that's the end of her. <laughs> Thanks yeah. very much. Thanks for turning up. And, of course, the next day was uh, the, the individual event on the uneven bars, which was her 
kind of signature event. But anyway, people kind of thinking she probably won't even turn up for that. And if she does, her mental state will be so bad, she won't perform. Anyway, uh, she turns up the next day, absolutely icy cold, ices the routine, perform, you know, almost perfect score, wins the gold medal, and people are going, well, what happened? And, and she kind of talks about it later that she went out and had a manicure. She went to the, to the, um, the Sydney Aquarium and got a haircut really short. And, and somewhere in that, she just went, screw it, right, and just flipped her attitude. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's a really good indicator that your attitude has a huge impact on performance. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Okay, good one. Nice one. It's and and did she end up? She wouldn't have won the whole thing though. No, would she? no, no, she, she, no, she, she, was she, too far she won the yeah, exactly because she she refused to retake the vault. She'd done badly on the other one. The other athletes, right. yeah, she she didn't even finish, didn't even place in the overall. Okay, okay, but she well, won the gold on the uneven bars, mate. Right, exactly. That was her thing. Right, Alice, let's chat about that. What do we like about that story? Um, how does that story sit in the uh, pantheon of, of stories that we've shared? Um, you know, for me, it's it's a, you know, a straightforward story. It doesn't jump out at me as much as some of the others have in the past. I don't know what it is. I have a feeling it's got something to do with, you know, some stories are character-driven, right? This one's more mm-hmm. of a character-driven story. And it's hard for me to connect with this Svetlana uh, a little bit, I think, um, but but it's a it's a it's a straightforward story, you know. It's you know really about that whole, you know, how conditions uh, really can impact your performance, but also how you recover. Yeah, it's a big element of it, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and uh, when I first heard that story, it was it was told to me in a in a very brief and very positive way about Svetlana. The more I went into it, the less I liked the story. So what because, was the situation like you'd heard it? It was just chatting with someone? Uh, no, I was, on a, uh, I, was, I was running a, uh, a storytelling flutist program. One of the participants said, oh, I just heard this story. And she told it in about 30 seconds. And I'm going, oh, send that to me. I want that. Yeah, right, um, right. And, but as I say, the more I looked into it, and from a character perspective, like Corkina. Uh, uh, like she was a she was a, a diva, you know. She was a she was well known for her pouting ways, you know. Her, you know, yep. uh, tantrums and uh, yeah. And so I guess the more I learned about the character, the less I liked the character. Right, right. But you know, um, I think there's something to do with length of story and impact, right? Yeah. And and you know, with a story that you know it's got a fairly straightforward basic point around you know how conditions and and uh, you know results can impact your future performance um it's 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 a story where you can make you can tell it in in a minute right and Uh i think that would be a good story you know if you're trying if someone you're in a conversation and someone's sort of saying uh yeah well you know of course you know we've got to really shake this off because if we don't we're really going to suffer in the future so so, yeah it's a bit like uh you know the the gold medal winner in uh the uneven bars back in the blah, 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 you know. Um, you could tell that little story in a fairly compact version. Oh, very, yep, yep. Very, you know what you, I mean? You would need, yeah, I think that you would need to tell that in a very compact way. Yeah. Um, so, but if, if, 
perhaps we'll talk about that when we talk about business applications. Yeah. Um, the, for, for me, one of the things that lacks is that turning point of the decision. Like what, what exactly happened to, to cause her to change her attitude? It's almost yeah. like we don't like a story as much unless we can sort of work out the cause and effect. Mm. You know, yeah. the cause and effect is there. And in this case, she goes to the aquarium, she has a manic pedicure and, and then just a, a change of mind, which was, you know, that happens all the time, right? But it's not interesting, is it? Not as interesting as, you know, having something happen that helps change your mind. So, yeah. um, and, and one of the things about it is that you can't, you can't picture it, you can't feel it. That's the, like the transformation. Just, the tra- yeah, that, that, that transition from anger to... Uh, you know, uh, icy focus. Yes, yes. Unless and yeah, except the sh- the shortening of the hair. I reckon mm. is a good image. You know, yeah. I can imagine her going. All right, stuff it. Cut stuff the hair this. off. Yeah. Right, I'm going to do this. So, uh, so there's something. Yeah, something definitely about that. If yeah. she had a phone call with someone, you know, her sister, her mother, you know, someone who says. Uh, you know, come on, Svetlana. You know, shake it off, baby. You know, we got. Yep. You know, you, you're much better than that. You know, it's just a little pep, pep talk. I mean, she obviously gave herself a pep talk. Maybe even, uh, you know, some sort of recounting of that little pep talk that she might have given herself might have been enough cause and effect yep. to um, help that story. So, in terms of making it even better, having a clear turning point. Uh, which you know, so it, it doesn't have a clear turning point, but also also the length of story. So there's a not a great return on time. The point, yes. you know, the point isn't doesn't really warrant the length of time it was spent telling the story. No. So you so so a much shorter version of that would be, uh, and and maybe we talk about now in terms of business points. It's a bit like Mark. You know how sometimes uh, academics will do a research study. And, you know, be a, you go and read through this whole research study and the result is, um, you know, something like, you know, the harder you work, the better result you get or something like that. And you go, well, duh, you know, like there, there's not enough insight yeah. into, this, into the, um, the effort you've just gone through. Um, and in some ways, it's, it's, it's what's the, what is the insight we're getting from that story? Yep. 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 So, in terms of business applications, uh, I mean, bad things happen, right? Yeah. There's nothing you can do, and and bad things happen in projects and change agendas and strategy execution. You know, you interest to a market, or you know, you have a, a you know, there's a there's an accident at the plant or whatever. So, so bad things happen all the time, and uh, one and you can't control that. So, one of the things is uh, that you need the only thing you control is how you respond to it. So you could use it in that context and just say something very compact, like at the 2000 Olympics, uh, the, the, the vault was set two inches low. Korkina, who was the you know, expected to win the overall thing, she fell because of that. Um, anyway, stuffed her up. She missed the next, or she performed badly in the next event, stormed out. Right? Yeah. Not her fault that the bar was set low, um, not, you know, but it had a huge effect right? and she didn't win the overall. But what she did was she 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 chose to respond rather than rather than blaming everyone. She went, "I'm going to do something about it." And 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 the next day she went out and uh, and and 
and she won the gold on the uh, on the uneven bars. So, folks, we've had this bad thing happen. Yeah, we can just mope about it, or we can just uh, decide how we're going to respond. Yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, and she got me thinking. Um, there was a, a research study. Uh, one of the authors was a guy called Andy Evans, who I went to school with. That's why I sort of heard about this. He's a uh, professor at uh, University of Sydney, I think, and. He's, he's a keen golfer, like yourself, keen golfer. And so he got access to all of the statistics of, I think, of the PGA or something like that in terms of, you know, right down to golf stroke level. And so he wanted to know whether the, you know, the hot hand fallacy, mm-hmm. you know, they, they sort of say people can point out, oh, that guy's got a hot hand, you know, this is for basketball, actually. Yep. And, um, you know, it gets a few shots in. And they sort of, it's been called a fallacy because they haven't been able to pinpoint that someone actually does have a hot hand, you know. Um, but with golf, uh, Andy Evans and his co-author uh, uh, showed absolutely conclusively that golfers definitely, if you have a bad hole, you're likely to follow it up with a bad hole, right? And if you have a good hole, you're likely to follow it up with another good hole. Like it's statistic- statistically they've shown that. So it's kind of like if you compared if you sort of somehow folded something like that into the story of Svetlana, right? She is the instance of that more sort of statistically robust, uh, you know, sort of research story, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. Anyway, that's just that just popped in my mind. We'll put we'll put a link to that paper in uh, in the show notes. Yeah. Cool. Um, well, what do you reckon? What where would we say where would you use this story, Mark? It's sort of uh, I mean, you've touched on it already, but is there any other places we would, uh, you know, sort of put this story, put it to work? Uh, not thinking of any. And that, that also goes to, you know, a lot of stories you can, you know, there's multiple business points you can make with it. Um, I'm, not, I'm not seeing it with this one. You know, it's not jumping out for you. No. Yeah. No, I, mean, okay. I mean, others may well see different business applications for it, but I can't see it at the moment. Rightio. Okay, well, let's get to scores then, right? This is where we're at. Okay, you told the story, I get to score first. Um, For me, I would say I'm going to rate this relatively low because I I don't see myself particularly telling it. Um, I'm going to give it a four. Oh, oh, brutal. Brutal. Brutal, I know, but uh, it's not a, it's, I think, because of the things that we've talked about. It's not something that will probably get high rotation in my story bank. Mm, yeah, mine uh, What either. about you? What about you? Yeah. What are you putting it? Well, I'm going to give it a five. Uh, I do think it's a useful useful story right? Uh, to illustrate a couple of things, uh, important things about what separates a good story from an ordinary story. Yes. Right? But the turning points, the return on time for the point, et cetera. So it's, it's very, it's illustrative, uh, but it's not one that I would uh, potentially... Uh, as you say, have on high rotation yes. in, my, uh, in my list. Do you know one of the things that does come up with this story, Mark, and that is uh, how to remember complicated names, right? So what's her surname again? Korkina. Uh, Korkina, right? And um, Svetlana Korkina. Now, that's mm-hmm. I'm going to have to practice that in some ways or use some memory technique, you know, so... 
you know, the memory techniques of associating some image with, um, uh, you know, sort of with the name. Like, for example, I was the other day, I was trying to remember who was the guy who coined the, the phrase uh, survival of the fittest, right? Because it's not, it's not Darwin who wrote that. He, he didn't say that. It was actually a guy called Herbert Spencer. And so I was thinking, how am I going to remember Herbert Spencer? So I drew a picture of a, a guy holding a, a set of herbs, right, wearing like a little Spencer. <laughs> I know it's an insight, weird insight into my brain. Weird right? insight. Ooh. But it's, you have to have this weirdness for us to remember stuff. Yeah, that's right. right? Yeah. And and so uh, for our listeners, you know, if you take uh, uh, Svetlana, again, what's her surname? Cor- Corkina. Corkina. So how do we remember Corkina? I'm not even going to tell you how I might remember it, but you've got to, you've got to take some image and attach it to that name so that you can remember that name. Because I reckon that you can't tell that story without knowing the name. I mean, you could sort of say there was this Russian gymnast. I mean, you're taking a story which is only giving a four and you're bringing it down to a two, you know, by saying that, I think. Yeah. So, and just on that on that point, um, if you remember that video, the Robert Winston video from the TV yeah. show All in the Mind, where Andy Bell, the world chess, sorry, the world memory champion, uh, mm. was explaining how he remembers things, and he gave Winston that list of yes. words. Yes, yeah, I and remember. so, um, uh, so, and he remembered them in pairs, and and he had uh, actress and marmalade, and so they were, they were two of the words he had to remember, and so Andy Bell's going, so who's your favourite actress? He goes, oh, Judy Dench, and uh, and so what's the next word? Marmalade. Okay, so you put those together, and you've got Judy Dench, so uh, uh, smeared completely smeared in marmalade. And he goes, but why? And Andy Bell says, so you can remember her. That's right. We do remember disgust, and that yeah. sort of fits in there nicely. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So yeah, you've got to come up with weird, disgusting, and uh, and as a result, memorable images because we remember images far better than we remember. Uh, ideas and abstract concepts so and names right cool. so Corkina what are you going to turn I'm not going to ask you what you're going to turn it into but that's what you've got to think about how do you change her name into something that's memorable well oh just on that I'll t- one I, I did freak someone out on is um, uh, I, I I met with a, a fellow in uh, the army actually I was doing some work with and his name was Rowan Martin this fellow Lieutenant Colonel Rowan Martin and and I was just rem- I just learned about memory techniques and I thought oh fantastic I'm going to use this so I imagined uh, him rowing in an Austin Martin right and and it worked perfectly I met this guy once right and then a year later I met him again I you know, was walking down a corridor and I go hey Rowan how are you? and he looked at me like how do you remember my name <laughs> you know like he was a bit he was a bit worried that. You out of one out. meeting, I had this, uh, you know, sort of instant recall, like I'd stalked him or something like that. Uh, so, yeah, you have to be careful with these memory techniques. Don't want to sound too you know, too good at remembering people's names. Anyway. Yeah, I normally have the opposite. All right. Yeah, me too, actually. But anyway, only when I try. Well, I think that's the end of this uh, episode, Mark. So thanks, everyone, for listening in to Anecdotally Speaking. And, uh, yeah, tune in next week for another episode of How to Put Your Stories to Work. Bye for now.
Anecdotally Speaking was engineered by Dave Stokes from Author to Audio. <laughs>